Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode 37 of the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and I'm doing it alone today. Raven, I miss you, man. I'm sure everybody out there does as well. Today, we're talking about Playdate, the portable game console with a strange input method, as well as GNOME app developers' open letter to distro maintainers. Plus, Facebook wants to uh, launch their own cryptocurrency. All this and more today. All right, the first thing on the list today is Playdate has a portable game console uh, that is just interesting to me. Um, the first thing about this thing that I find uh, striking is the color scheme. Uh, it is a, uh, a striking looking device. It has a black and white screen with uh, a yellow body and a glossy, it seems, uh, screen finish. Uh, it has a yellow body with two uh, face buttons, a start button, a D-pad and uh, what appears to be an, uh, and what is billed as a an analog crank. So you have the ability to uh, to crank your game. <laughs> now, when I first saw this, I thought that this was some kind of like recharger. No, no, this is this is input. This is like an input device for the game. Um, so the company behind this is called Panic, and um, they are game developers turned publishers uh, who are now looking to get into the hardware game. So uh, notable titles that they've published are Firewatch, and uh, they, they say that their, their next game is called Untitled Goose Game. That's the next one they're publishing. Um, yeah, this seems like a very interesting thing. Now, the way this is going to work is uh, you buy the device up front. Uh, it's $149, I believe. Uh, yeah, $149. So it, for the first 12 weeks of the game being, uh, all, you know, a thing. So for the first 12 weeks of the game, uh, of the play date being a device live on the market, uh once a week, a new game is going to be released. There are 12 games in the lineup. Um, two of them are, and they've secured some big names uh, from, uh, in terms of developers, like uh, the guy who created Katamari Damacy, Kieda Takahashi, <laughs> Kieda Takahashi, and uh, there's also Zach Gage, Sean Inman, and uh, Bennett Foddy, Bennett Foddy is the guy that created uh, Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, if you didn't put the two together. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting. This is a very interesting idea. Um, like I said, I really like the design of this thing. It's super pretty. Uh, if you go on their website, you can actually like uh, see like a 3D model of the device and you can move it around. Um, uh, it's actually really, really cool. I like their website a lot. Uh, you can see on the back, uh, it says Playdate PDU-01 by Panic. This is a really cool looking device. Also, the way it looks like it's held together, it uses flathead screws that have, uh, that are like, have, that are open through the center. And like, there's just like a hole through the screw. And it's just like a cool screw I've never seen before. And it has like a receptacle stud on the other side. I don't know. This thing looks really nice. It, it charges over USB-C. It has a headphone jack, which you don't often see these days. Yeah, I, I figured I'd uh, go ahead and read some of uh, what's on their website here. This is, this is an interesting thing. Hello. We made a brand new handheld gaming system. It's yellow. It fits in your pocket. It's got a beautiful black and white screen. 
It's not super cheap, but it's not super expensive. It includes brand new games from some amazing creators. Plus, it has a crank. For over 20 years, Panic has made Mac, Mac and iOS software. 20 years is a long time, and we wanted to try some new things to make the most of what we have. This thing is really cool. It, it aims to launch in uh, the first quarter of 2020, I believe. It will ship in early 2020. Now, this strikes my fancy. Uh, I want to know more about this device before I uh, take the plunge. Um, I want to know like the hardware specs. I want to know. Um, I want to know like what operating system it's running because you know it's probably running Linux. If I'm going to be honest, uh, I yeah, I think that this thing is cool though. Uh, just the look of it. And the fact that they've got some big name game des game designers on on board here, and their website is just freaking cool. I mean, this this their website is really cool because it has you know um, uh, a 3D model at the very top that you can manipulate, which I'm doing right now, and it's a little bit distracting for me. <laughs> but yeah, I like this thing. This this looks cool. So if you haven't seen it, uh, you can head over to the show notes forum.heavyelement.io. And uh, you'll find the, uh, the show notes there. So if you're listening to the podcast on the web, you can actually click over into the, uh, the web archive and uh, the link is right there. It's clickable to the show notes. It's pretty cool. Uh, so, and if you're not listening, and if you're not, if you don't want to go to the forums, you can actually type in play.date in your web browser and it comes up. And that's not the only use of uh, fun URL <laughs> domain names. <laughs> Uh, in this episode so yeah if you if you uh if you want to check this out head over to the show notes forum.heavyelement.io All right, GNOME app developers have had enough, all right? Had enough. They don't want uh, distro maintainers to be hacking GNOME, all right? And you know what? I think they have a point. Um, this is something I've heard lots of people complain about. I think I've even heard Cassidy James uh, from elementary complain about this. GNOME is not themable, so stop theming it. Theming a distro is something that I find rather distasteful, honestly. Um, it It's, first of all, I've never been the kind of person to theme. Like, uh, if, a, if a desktop environment came with uh, the ability to change the theme, I usually leave it alone. <laughs> I usually, uh, even with GNOME, um, even with GNOME 2, I usually left the theme whatever it was when it default installed uh typically that was was it called humanity at one point before it was uh ambiance on ubuntu i i liked the humanity theme because it was really just uh, the the color the title bar was recolored and uh and that was about it right everything else was pretty stock um i'm the kind of guy who likes stock things i like the way things look out of the box Typically, I prefer the uh, design that was created by the designers rather than designs that were created by a third party. 
Um, that's why the radio in my car that I replaced, I went out of my way to find one that fit the aesthetic of my car's dashboard because this is a big thing that was going to sit in my dashboard and I didn't want it to be distractingly different from the rest of my car, from the rest of the interior of my car. Um, So when it comes to apps, uh, especially with GNOME 3, I find that uh, (laughs) GNOME 3 styling is just awful. Like, I don't like Manjaro's desktop theme. Uh, I change it back to Adwita as soon as I possibly can. It's like one of the first things I do when I reinstall Manjaro. Um, I know uh, Ubuntu uses a new like variant, and so does um, Pop OS. And now, uh, of the of the themes that I've used for GNOME three, Pop OS uh, the Pop theme is nice. It's one of the best. It's one of the most complete and well rounded. But at the same time, it still breaks. And frankly, theming is just not something you should be doing with GNOME 3, Uh, especially if you are a distribution maintainer. Um, Theming breaks everything, Uh, breaks the user interface. Now, I've had tons of personal experience with, uh, you know, using some kind of dark theme and just having input boxes in my web browser be unreadable. Um, I've had, uh, you know, UI elements that are styled in a black text with a black background and it's it's unreadable uh you know this kind of stuff happens all the time but what really really bugs me are the icon themes when icons change uh by the theme that you have and you're using like this let's say you're using stock adwita theme and you install an icon pack and your your title bar is black in gnome 3 and you install an icon pack, and now all of a sudden, all of your <laughs> icons in you know in the top right corner are now dark, dark gray, like illegibly dark against a black background. That happens all the time. Not to mention uh, all the complaints that they have levied here on stop theming my dot app. Um, I absolutely am one hundred percent behind the sentiment here. Um, So let's just dig into this. So to quote the article, we are developers and designers making apps for the GNOME platform. We take pride in our craft and work hard to make sure our apps are a great experience for people. Unfortunately, all of our efforts designing, developing, and testing our apps are made futile by theming in many cases. GTK style sheets can make applications look broken and even unusable. And there's a screenshot of what appears to be Pop OS um, with the breadcrumb navigation panel with white text or like a light gray text. And the panel itself is uh, like a white or like a slightly off white gray. And uh, you can't read what the, the text says because of the theming that the, uh, that the OS imposes. Um, icon themes can change icon metaphors, leading to interfaces with icons that don't express what the developer intends. And there's a screenshot here that has a home with an icon of uh, like a, a hard rock. Uh, I I don't know, hard rock hand symbol with the with the pinky and the index finger pointed up. And the pictures are like a private eye logo and documents is like a scroll. It doesn't make any sense. And then finally, app icons are the identity of an app. 
Changing an app's icon denies the developer the possibility to control their brand. And there's a screenshot to the left where Transmission, Inkscape, uh, GIMP, Firefox, Thunderbird, and Geary all have uh, flattened icons. And they do say that uh, these examples are purely illustrative and not intended to call out individual themes. No hard feelings. <laughs> so they go on to say, If you're a distribution who changes the system style sheet and icons, please reconsider this decision. Changing third-party apps uh, without any QA is reckless and would be acceptable on any other platform. Your actions are hurting us app developers a great deal and are damaging to the entire ecosystem beyond your distribution. We understand the needs for distributions to stand out. However, we urge you to find ways to do this without taking away our agency. We are tired of having to do extra work for setups we never intended to support just to have that used against us when people tell us the breakage from theming is not that bad. You are not doing this to Blender, Atom, Telegram, or other third-party apps. Just because our app uses GTK, that does not mean we're okay with them being changed from under us. Since you're shipping the GNOME platform, we assume you want this ecosystem to be healthy. If you do, we ask you to please stop theming our apps. And there's a list of many uh, GNOME developers here who have signed on to this, what is essentially a 99 thesis here. Uh, this, is, this is wonderful. I, I am completely and 100% behind their sentiment here. And I think that distros should stop hacking GNOME and imposing style sheets that are totally unsupported. Um, I, I am a big fan of Aduita. And uh, if you if you don't like light themes, use Aduita Dark. Um, th this is this is a major problem. I've ex I've had this problem for for years. See, the problem is first of all, the problem is that supporting hot swapped themes is just not possible. Right there, it's it's not possible. KDE does it, and KDE is broken, in my opinion, from a user experience standpoint. And, you know, XFCE and other uh, desktop environments do the same thing, and I think that they're all broken, and I think that it, none of them can manage to pull off what, what end users expect themes to pull off. It just doesn't work. It does not work. Uh, and I think that um, GNOME had the courage to say, you know what, we're not going to make a theming API in GNOME 3. You know, and some people are going to be like, oh, this is the same kind of courage that let Apple remove the headset jack from, from, the, uh, from the iPhone. But this is different. This is, you know, if you want, you can go in and tweak, use the GNOME tweak tool to, to, to modify the style sheets for your own purposes. But that's on you, right? When an app breaks, it's on you. See, you know, distros are expecting that they can push a theme, a quote-unquote theme, with their uh, version of GNOME and have everything run perfectly without having to do tests for every single application, and that just does not work. So then it falls on these developers to uh, create fixes for each of these uh, instances where developers, uh, where distro maintainers are creating their own custom quote unquote themes and uh, are breaking compatibility with with what should be a stable target for uh, developers to, to target with GTK. Basically, apps start to break 
functionality starts to diminish and UIs become unusable when they are, quote, themed. Theming is just not something that people should do with GNOME. If you want to check out the, the, their thesis here, if you want to check out their uh, open letter, head over to the forums, forum.heavyelement.io, and find a link to stopthemingmy.app. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool looking website. It's, it's simple, it's elegant. I really dig it. And I, I stand behind everything that they're saying in this article. I only read you a small fraction of it. So check out their website. Uh, if, you, uh, if you believe in what they're doing, you can also get a badge and uh, stick it on your on your GitHub page, or on your GitLab page, or anywhere uh, anywhere you host your code. Stop theming my dot app. But I want to know what you guys think. Do you believe in what they're saying? Hit me up in the show notes on forum.heavyelement.io. Send me an email, show at offtopical.net, or uh, hit me up on Twitter at Linux Gamer. All right, next up, let's talk about something that uh, kind of irritates me. Uh, Facebook is a company that should be charged with racketeering, monopolization, deceptive business practices, and even sedition. And now they want to launch their own cryptocurrency, so add counterfeiting to that list. Facebook, holy cow, is not a company that should be given the latitude to create their own cryptocurrency. The internal name of the currency is quote global coin and they're planning to roll it out in a dozen countries in quarter one of 2020 um which one moment uh 2020 is next year and that's mind-blowing to me uh, so basically what they want to do is create a platform that provides people without bank accounts affordable and secure ways to make payments but we're talking about facebook here so you can toss secure out the window <laughs> Um, I don't know this kind of thing. I just wanted to mention because Facebook, I don't know. They are not a company that you should trust. They're not a company that you should allow. I don't know. It, it this just makes me crazy. There's not a whole, see the, the problem is there's not a whole lot of detail here, uh, with this, uh, story. And, uh, so I wanted to know what you guys think. Do you, do you think Facebook should, uh, be creating their own crypto? Do you think they're trustworthy enough to do that? Or, uh, what do you think? Let me know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. You can hit me up in an email, show it off topical.net or, uh, head over to Mastodon. I'm, uh, at gbryan at libram.one. Okay. Star Trek Picard teaser trailer. <laughs> Star Trek Picard. Um, I'm pretty stoked about this show, and uh, I think this might end up being a, a, a recurring topic on the podcast here, because I'm not going to stop talking about it until uh, it uh, the show launches, and then I'm not going to stop talking about it until the season's over, and then I'm still not going to stop talking about it because Star Trek is one of my favorite things of all time. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to go through and um, just kind of. Uh, talk about like what my um, thoughts are about the the teaser trailer that just launched. It has over a million views on um, on YouTube. It's really it's it's an interesting, beautiful uh, teaser trailer. It doesn't tell us a whole lot, and there's a voiceover from a woman we don't who know who she is. Um, so yeah, we're gonna uh, walk through this real fast. Uh, you're not gonna be able to hear this because I don't need to get a DMCA. Um, but, uh, we'll just walk through it. It's only a minute long, so, uh, bear with me. 
So we start on the Picard Vineyard. Uh, we have, uh, like, we're kind of panning up a tree, and we see Picard's hand um, reaching out to a blossom. Uh, and then we hear the voiceover say, 15 years ago today, you let us out of the darkness. You commanded the greatest rescue armada in history. Now, that's interesting. The rescue armada, I believe, is... Uh, a, a group of ships that went to help the uh, refugee Romulans uh, after Romulus was destroyed. Um, it's interesting that uh, Captain Picard, or I guess Admiral Picard, because he was in command of multiple ships, um, that was his doing. Uh, fascinating. Now, you know, Picard mind melded with both Spock and Sarek at, at different points during their lives. And uh, he knew what Spock was up to. He knew that Spock was probably was working on uh, unifying the Romulan and the uh, Vulcan people. And uh, so this is this is interesting that he has uh, been helping with um, ha helping refugees of the destruction of Romulus. Now I pause the video here. We're at 17 seconds. I'm going to continue the the trailer here, and we'll get to a part, and I'll tell you what I think about it. Then the unimaginable. Okay, so that's we're at 23 seconds into the trailer. Then the unimaginable. What does that mean? What does that mean? I think I think I know what that means. I think upon Picard returning with Romulans, there were many people uh, who were not part of Starfleet and many people who were part of Starfleet rejecting the Romulans and saying they can't stay here. They can't live on Earth. We can't trust them. They are Romulans. And there was a racist outpouring, a rash of, rash of racism against Romulans. I guess it would be speciesism. Um, and uh, Picard uh, was arguing that we should be helping them. And so many people, maybe even the president of the Federation, turned these refugees away. I think that's why Picard retired from Starfleet. What did that cost you? Your faith? Your faith in us? Your faith in yourself? See, here's the thing. I think that Picard was passionately arguing to, to help these Romulan refugees and there was so much racism against what at one point was the Federation's greatest enemy that and people could not get past the fact that, you know, past the generation generations of of speciesism against Romulans that uh, Picard failed to allow Romulan refugees to, to stay on Earth or something to that effect. And we're going to see Picard retire from Starfleet because of that. And and because Starfleet was uh, even even just a little bit, maybe half was opposed and half was in favor of helping the Romulans. I think that's what uh, turned Picard away from um, Starfleet and why he retired. So we have this beautiful shot of Chateau Picard um, wine. Tell us, why did you leave Starfleet, Admiral? I think it's because there was racism in the highest ranks against the Romulans. And yeah, that's my theory. That's what I believe about uh, Starfleet, about Star Trek Picard. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I, if I'm wrong about that, I'd like to know what 
um, is actually going on with Picard at this point, why he left Starfleet, uh, why he became an admiral in the first place. Uh, yeah, I'd really like to to know what's going on with this. This I am pretty damn hyped for this, and I actually. Uh. So in the last episode, I mentioned that I really liked Star Trek Discovery. And, you know, it has a few missteps, but I like it a lot. I like it better than I like uh, Voyager, I think. <laughs> Voyager had some great characters, but uh, some really bad episodes. Um, more bad episodes than good. Uh, and Discovery has at least a good overarching story. Uh, Picard, I am really hoping that this series kicks some ass in terms of star trek storytelling because we're sorely missing that in the world we live in and uh the fact that the romulans were at one point our greatest enemy the the, the federation's greatest enemy and now they're in a place where they are basically decimated and they have so few romulans left you know like they went from a population of maybe 10 billion to maybe maybe a billion maybe less than a billion maybe maybe a couple hundred thousand maybe a couple hundred million romulans left in the galaxy like that's all that's a lot of people and perhaps the vulcans couldn't get over their racism and let uh you know and and petitioned the federation to uh, kick the R Romulan refugees out of the Federation completely and it happened and that's why Picard resigned. That's what that's my thought. I don't know. I want to know what you guys think. Are you are you stoked for this series? Do you uh, want to see more about uh, what happened to Picard after Star Trek Nemesis? Uh, let me know in the show notes forum.heavyelement.io uh, You'll find a link to the uh, to the trailer there and uh, yeah I'm, I'm excited to hear from you guys. Let me know what you think. And now we have a few questions from the audience. At uh, Nuntrix1 on Twitter asks, very unlikely theoretical question, what would your reaction be if Steam removed Linux support? Would you stay on Linux? What would you do? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I actually was a Linux user before Steam even existed for Linux. Um, I was a Linux user before I had even heard of Steam. I've been a Linux user since maybe 2005, so I've been a, I've been a Linux user for almost as long as Steam has been around. If if uh, <laughs> if Valve removed Linux support from Steam, which is very unlikely, uh, I it, it would piss me off, but I would not ever go back to Windows. Not in a million freaking years. There is there's no way I would do that. Um, yeah, no, that's that. I don't, I don't care about uh, gaming enough to to ditch Linux. <laughs> Plus, I have a Switch, so I can, I get all the games I need on there if, if I don't have the Linux version. Thank you, Nuntrix, for the question. At TP Harrison at Librem one on uh, Mastodon asks, Librem five versus Pinephone both run Linux. Both have hardware kill switches, but they don't appear to be targeting the same demographics. Librem 5 is more extensive. Librem 5 is more expensive, higher build quality, and seems primed for security-minded business use as well as enthusiasts. 
the Pine Phone seems to be built for the enthusiast as well as the tinkerer. So my question is, which one is shaping up to be the better bang for the buck? As a normal dude who just wants a smartphone that works, which do I buy? Well, you know, um, I honestly don't know enough about the Pine Phone to make a judgment call here. Um, let me look it up. So if I'm going to be completely honest, I think the Pine Phone is going to be a much cheaper option. I think the Pine Phone might end up being uh, to smartphones as, you know, track phone is to smartphones, right? Like if you go into Walmart and you buy uh, a track phone, it's just a lesser build quality. I don't know anything about Pine though. This is the thing. This, I'm going to get myself into trouble if I, if I say too much. From what it seems, the Pine Phone looks great on paper. I'd like to see, um, I'd like to have both and compare them. I'm, I'm skeptical that they can deliver a first class device for only $149. I mean, the Librem 5 is 600 bucks. Now, maybe the Librem 5 costs so much because of the, the research and design that's needed to be done, uh, before it actually comes to market. Um, and Pine has been doing um, s some of the, the lower end kind of uh, dev boards for a while. So maybe they can, maybe Pine just is, you know, knows what they're doing and they can deliver something that's uh, relatively inexpensive. Um, you know, is the screen going to be multi-touch? Is the screen going to be, you know, IPS display? Uh, it's a, it says it's an LCD, so that's not the greatest display technology. But at the same time, what's the battery life going to look like? What are you know? There's lots of questions, and I I can't make a judgment call about uh, the Pine Phone versus the Librem Five. I I really can't. I I don't know enough about the Pine Phone, and not truthfully, neither device actually exists at this point. Um, I really would love to get my hands on the Pine Phone when it launches. It this is interesting. I don't know if it's going to support CDMA. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to definitely get my hands on both. Try them out. 150 bucks I can swing uh, just to, to, to do the comparison. Um, it doesn't look like it supports GNOME. I don't see anyway. <laughs> uh, I'd be interested to... Uh, really, the biggest appeal about having a, a true Linux phone is having gnome on it because that's my jam um but yeah i don't want to get myself into trouble so i'm going to stop talking about this now um <laughs> uh, yeah i i think that if you're looking for a budget thing this is probably going to be your option if you you know and i can't speak to the quality of purism's device because it doesn't exist yet but uh the Librem 5 i have i have more hopes for um, but we'll see what happens. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what happens. Thank you for the question, uh, TP Harrison. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions this week. I'm sorry I didn't get to everybody's. Thanks to everybody who uh, has again left great feedback on the forums, who's engaged with the episodes, who listens regularly. You guys make this show possible. Uh, Raven will be back next week if it takes me flying down to his home state, grabbing him by the ear, and dragging him back to Maine. I'm going to have Raven on the show next week. He's going to be here. 
I miss him so much. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure you guys are sick of listening to me talk. So it's going to be Raven next week. We're going to do, we're going to get this done. Um, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me and spending time and, and, you know, going over the news stories with me. It's, it's super fun. And, and I love you guys. So this has been the off topical podcast. My name is Gardner and let's do this again soon.